Maybe don't know. Maybe don't know. This time, 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 What's up, everybody? I am your host, Chris Hampton. Welcome to episode 58 of the Power Company podcast, brought to you by powercompanyclimbing.com. As always, hopefully you guys are visiting over there. I am currently visiting in Jasper, Arkansas, um, where I'll be emceeing 24 Hours of Horseshoe Hell again. I don't compete anymore because it's just too much for me to compete, emcee, no way I can do it. It just destroys me. Um, my voice is going to take a beating here uh, because the after party gets a little uh, excited. And uh, I will be a little excited and I'll be yelling on the microphone. So I'm going to get this thing out to you guys now because if I don't, it's going to be a week before I can talk again. Uh, anyway, here at uh, the Horseshoe Canyon Ranch... Uh, it's a pretty special place. If you guys haven't been, you should definitely visit at some point. And uh, they are currently looking to rebolt the ranch. And uh, they've teamed up with the Beta Fund. And the ranch was going to do this all on their own. But the Beta Fund wanted to jump in and help and get help from the climbers. Um, all total, the project's going to cost $30,000. You guys can donate and then your donation will be matched by the Beta Fund, and uh, you can do that at betafund.org slash reboulthcr, or you can just Google Beta Fund Horseshoe Canyon Ranch, and, and you'll find a link to it. And you know, the ranch is private property, uh, and you do have to pay to climb there, and I've seen the argument that if you have to pay to climb there, you shouldn't have to help, you know, rebolt the place, but frankly, $10 to climb there is less than the cost of a, a day pass at a halfway decent gym. So, you know, I think if it's, if you have the means to do it, I think it's something you should definitely look into. Um, keeping climbing safe and keeping climbing open for all of us uh, should be a priority. So uh, that was betafund.org slash rebolt HCR. Please go check that out. Um, from here, I go to Rocktoberfest, so hopefully I see a bunch of you guys there. That's October 6th to October 8th in the Red River Gorge. Uh, if you haven't registered and you want a discount on your registration, you can do that at rrgcc.org slash register. So, you know, don't wait. Don't wait till you get there. It's going to cost you more money, and we're all poor climbers here, so go and register early. Uh, and we'll be in the red for a few weeks. Um, Nate and I will. Blake and Paul will also be joining us on October 14th for a live board meeting at Land of the Arches Campground. So if you guys are interested in coming in, checking out the board meeting, checking out a recording, asking questions, please come and see us. And uh, Nate and I will be around for a while um, and doing outdoor sessions while we're there. So if you're inter interested in getting some outdoor coaching, hit us up. Uh, I'm going to jump into this thing now because, you know, it's it's been a while. We've been talking a lot about uh, nebulous ideas, esoteric ideas, and I figured it was time to, to nerd out a little bit. So I sat down with Steve Mache 
in Salt Lake City during Outdoor Retailer this year, and we nerded out about a couple of things. This is the first of two with Mesh, and you'll get another one fairly soon. But for this one, we sat down and we talked about hangboard protocols. Um, there are a lot of them out there, and we discussed what they do, what the shortcomings are, and uh, where things can go wrong. All right. For most people, like it's it's just climbing, and I think hanging just it isn't necessary for a lot of people. So we were just talking about how keeping the goal the goal, you shouldn't only focus on hangboarding and you should you should be climbing too. And now we're gonna just dig in hardcore to, <laughs> to hangboarding. So so everyone out there listening, don't go do this for the next ninety percent of your training time, you know. Go go climbing too. I'm just gonna go ahead and preface <laughs> this with that. Um so there's a you know, a lot of different protocols for hanging i mean tons and tons of them and they all do something slightly different you know and there there are always arguments about which is better you know but in reality they all work they all just do different things so better is going to be is going to depend on what your goal is you know so let's let's dig into it what's what do you think is the most popular hangboard protocol where people kind of get started would that be repeaters i think the seven three repeaters i think the set yeah i mean that seems to be uh the one that i see people doing a lot um and it's it's good i mean one of the the things people one thing people seem to get concerned about is hurting injuring a finger on the hangboard right so they're like oh if i do seven three repeaters i'm not adding weight Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. And I'm of the opinion that the hangboard is probably the safest thing you can yeah. possibly do. It's a hell of a lot safer gym. than bouldering in yeah. the gym. <laughs> exactly. Because yeah. you just kind of you set up, you get everything. You're not going to pop a foot when you're in some weird position, and you right. get your fingers just right the way you want them, and then you slowly pull your feet off the ground. Yeah, totally. I'm I'm with you there. Yeah. For sure. So I, I think I think that is that. You don't need to worry about injuring yourself so much on the hangboard. Yeah, in fact, um, we use it for people coming off of injuries. Yeah. You know, slowly build them up on the hangboard, just because it's easier to control, easier to measure. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I think I yeah. So I I think that that idea we don't need to worry about getting hurt so much on the hangboard. So I wouldn't say that would be the benefit of so much the seven three repeater zone. Um, one thing that I, I like about the 7-3 repeater zone is from our assessment, um, it comes out, it turns out that a seven-second hang correlates well with a single rep. So what you can then start applying is 7-3, the 7-3 protocol using different um, established weight rep and like, percentage like structures right right so like a you know when was five three one or like a bompa some sort of protocol like whatever 80 yep. percent do five reps three sets it works quite well the seven three part um in that the numbers correlate pretty well with that so mm-hmm. I, and i like that about it i also like the seven seconds 
because I've done, you know, I've looked at a lot of just video analysis and it ends up being, well, six to eight seconds is about the time you spend on a hold. Now, yep. if you go to some places, you like, obviously we, weren't watching me climb. Man. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of time you should spend on a hold. <laughs> so, but, mm. but, but I mean, speaking of that, like when you go to like, we went to font last year and, uh, there are problems there where you're on the hold for like 23 seconds. Sure. Like, yeah. it's just, it's crazy. So body position, yeah, intensive. Yeah, you're just kind of bumping and, around and like yep. slowly working your way up. Um, but six seconds seemed like a pretty, seems like a pretty decent um, time frame. Um, and then I like the fact that you can set it up. The reps work nicely with different protocols that you might find for, that have been shown to work for various weightlifting, you know, mm -hmm. aspects. Right. Um, I also like the fact that with one of the big issues that I found with hangboarding and adding weight and all that is that people, particularly with the half crimp grip, people lose the grip in the right. middle of the hang. So that index finger straightens out yep. and suddenly you're basically draping this hold, yep. which is not going to do you much good when it comes time to move off of the hold and pull it down to your waist and right. your fingers are straight. So the seven three, since the weights tend to be lower, and even if you're adding weight, like I do, I add a bunch of weight, but it's you get at least a few reps where your fingers are really holding that half crimp yep. well. Even if you blow it on the last rep, you still get say four to five reps of like good half crimp, um, which then transfers better um, to the full crimp. But I, I've said something. Um, and I remember seeing this for isometric training where it trains roughly 20 degrees in either, either direction. direction. Right. Um, and uh, that was my argument for why you should do the half crimp grip. Right. Because you're going to get slopers and you're going to get full crimp. It turns out, talking to people and myself included, um, you don't. So like, when you train the half crimp grip, you, you're probably going to get stronger on slopers, but the full crimp is yep. a different ball game. Yeah, just, I agree. It, yeah. it just does not work. So I've got a lot of people that like say, oh man, I got my half crimps up. They're great. But you know, my full crimps really suffered yep. and they come back, like they come on. Like if you go climbing for a month, your full crimps are going to come, <clears throat> come on and they're going to yep. be stronger than they were before. Yep. But there's definitely that suffering, that period where it's like, wow, I, my fingers felt really strong on the hangboard, but they're not, crimping um so the seven three one it allows you to maintain the full crimp better but also i do full crimps with the okay. seven three and i think that the repeater aspect of it works really well instead of just piling up a bunch of weight and trying yeah. to full crimp something now these these repeaters have also kind of become popular with doing these really really long hangboard workouts where you're doing you know, six or seven different grips and, you know, five sets on each and just these hour long hangboard marathons. Is that something that you, that you also do? Are they shorter workouts? How do you, when you're using the seven, three repeaters, because I don't use them much. So I'm curious how you go about using them. Yeah. So I do shorter <clears throat> workouts. So I, I go with three grips. Um, for me, it's half crimp, full crimp, and then the pinch block but I actually put the pinch block on a lat pull down machine. Um, right. I think it works a lot better. Yep. Um, and I do three sets. So I basically, you know, it'll either be after climbing or now I'm kind of time crunched. So I'll actually 
just do the hangboard workout mm-hmm. you know speaking of the 75 bit but yep <laughs> it's a time issue <laughs> it's a time issue in this case so i'll just roll in and just warm up on the hangboard yep and you know do a bunch of sets but if i normally would do it if i had a little more time right now i'd i'd warm i'd do my climbing and then hang hang at the end of the day so what i would do is i do half crimp full crimp pinch block the first one of say the half crimp is just a body weight set of five reps the second one is getting close to where my, my third one's going to be my max. Mm-hmm. So then I'll add weight to get about halfway between the body weight and what my third one's going to be, um, which is about 85. I've been working like 80 to 85% of my max. Um, so then that second one is heavy, but not that heavy. And then my third one, I go as heavy as I can, which is about 85% for me right now, 80 to 85% of my one rep max. And try to get five sets and just keep going until I fail. So I usually get like, you know, it's like five and a half sets. So I'm shooting for five and then I move to the full cramps and do the same thing with the full cramps. So you do go all the way until you fail on that last one on the very last one. So I get two. So for a half cramps, I'll get two where I'm like, I'm not failing Mm -hmm. and it's good. And then that last one of each one of my three, Yep. I do go to failure. Okay, yep. cool. You know, I had the I had the best kind of my breakout sport climbing season after doing largely just hangboarding, um, a little bit of hard bouldering on a really tiny little wall in this guy's basement, and then just largely hangboarding. And part of it was that I was a trad climber before. My finger strength was piss poor at best, so I had a lot to gain in that department yeah but i definitely did hangs to failure not like every hang to failure but i would do sets of quite a few hangs until i eventually failed and then i would move on to another you know yeah so so i don't know i mean i I definitely agree in some cases with this whole trend of not failing while you train again you know i i'm harping on this but sometimes i think it's important yeah. And, you know, to know where you're at and be mentally prepared to go to that end. Yeah. And I think that's one of the benefits of, say, the 7 3 repeater, because even if you're going to failure, you're going to failure in reps. So, say I fail at five and a half reps, mm-hmm. that still means I got four reps where I was in pretty good control. So, I was really working in that sub maximal zone. So, I'm kind of commanding the hold and then that fifth rep i might have started to shake a little bit right. um so those four reps where i'm really doing well i see those as my strength building reps yep and that last one one and a half is my recruitment rep is just kind of getting whatever i got left mm-hmm. so I, I think most of that workout is spent in that strength zone sure because the first two sets <clears throat> are definitely in the strength zone um because they're not going to failure and it's not even max weights um and then that last one, yeah, you do kind of go big. Okay. And then probably the second most popular one is going to be like the Ava Lopez protocol, the 10 seconds on, three minutes off. Yeah. You know, sort of um, start with three sets and then build up to five sets over time or whatever. Um, do you, Have you used this one at all? Oh, yeah. That was, that was kind of my initial. That was my big one initially was the one I did pretty much predominantly because of that Eva Lopez board. So it's like, yep. or that Eva Lopez <clears throat> article. 
Because that was like the one case where I was like, oh, look, somebody did research, research. on this. Yeah. <laughs> and look, it turns out, I mean, yeah, N was <clears throat> whatever, six people or something like that. Um, and it turns out that, yeah, hanging more weight from the larger edge seemed to work better for this group. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that's, that's all we got. I might as well do that. Yeah. So I did the 10 second thing and I've told a lot of people to do the 10 second thing or suggest it. And, uh, <clears throat> it, it's worked for a lot of people and a lot of people yep. that have had, you know, who are already coming into the game with really strong fingers and really good climbers. Yep. And that 10 second <clears throat> protocol <clears throat> works well and has improved that both their climbing and their finger strength on the edge. Um, the one thing that I've noticed though, in recent times is that it tends to lead to a plateau yep so like did for me for sure yeah so like you kind of the way it, it seems to work out for me with hangboarding in general is i'll i'll come into it you know i'll be going climbing or whatever and then i'll have my training block <clears throat> and i'll come into it and i'll get all my numbers for the hangboard and then the next couple of hangboard workouts i'm actually worse so yep. I, I just kill myself on that first day then i'm worse for a couple workouts then I start to slowly ramp up each workout and by about six to nine workouts, I've, I've hit my plateau yep. and I'm basically back to where this is, was the case with the 10 second ones. I ended up basically back to where I was the previous training cycle. And I was like, well, this, I just keep getting up to this level <clears throat> mm -hmm. and then my fingers feel pretty strong, but I'm not breaking through. And I think one of the problems with that, 10 second one is again this idea of recruitment where because you're operating at such a high intensity level it's like full on it's as much as you can hang for 10 seconds right that you're just there's no real strength building it's just like doing a you know a, like a snatch like a heavy snatch like you just go out and try to do the heaviest snatch you can do that's interesting that's so you see it more like performance like like a test yeah less like you're building strength exactly i think it becomes like you're just performing rep after like day after day mm -hmm. on the hangboard and i don't think you can really build in the long term i don't think the strength is gonna is gonna work i think it works really well in the short term because like you said anything's gonna work well right. in the short term right and i also think it can <clears throat> work well um incorporated in with some of the other hang protocols that we can chat about. But one of the things that I find with the 10 second thing that works really well is, uh, well, because of this recruitment aspect is doing the 10 second hang and then immediately going to a campus board and doing doubles up downs. Right. And I think that this is sort of compound like or complex training, complex training. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's kind of, I like to think of that as sort of the topper, like right before you go to that trip on wait to Waco, mm -hmm. if you can get three or four workouts in of 10 second hangs with the doubles, um, that just like gets your whole body firing. But if you train that way, the other 50 weeks of the year, you're just going to hit a plateau and you're just not going to get right. any stronger. Sure. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And that's, you know, I, I will say this, just qualify that, 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 complex training definitely isn't for everybody no you yeah. know if you're v4 v5 climber it's probably not what you need to be doing right and you've got better ways to get more powerful yeah you know? for sure so and i think you know i think with a lot of this stuff i mean my um for most people like 
it's it's just climbing. And I think, you know, to say, you know, I know this one is about hangboarding, but hanging just it isn't necessary for a lot of people. Sure. I think yep. what's more important, if you're that V4 climber, what you need to work on is you need to work on your boulder pyramid. Like you need to be saying, okay, I can climb a V4. Yeah, but can I do, have I done three, have I done eight V3s? Right. So you go out and you got to try to do eight V3s before mm-hmm. you can go on to a V5, you yep. know? So I, I'm a firm believer in, so just sort of throw that out there at the beginning. Yeah. And that totally. holds all the way up to V15. Like you, you want to get that pyramid going, but it's yep. even more important when you're just starting out. Yep. Actually, that's another reason I like these Ava Lopez hangs is because when I have a climber who, whose main need is to go out and climb more, but they're like, well, I need hangboarding. I want hangboarding. Yeah. I, you know, why isn't hangboarding in my program? And they're just not going to be happy until they have it. These are great to work into like Steve's integrated strength yeah, exactly. plans and they don't take up a ton of extra time or a ton of energy and the things that they're generally climbing on aren't taxing their fingers mm-hmm. or, or they don't need their fingers to be super fresh for it. So these aren't going to hurt their going out and doing submaximal climbing and more of it. Yeah. You know, yeah, so. totally. I think that's a, that's a great point with these 10 second things because you can it's pretty easy to figure out what the weight's going to be what the edge is going to be yep it does improve i mean it's one the research shows but also like i mean i i've had personally had big gains with them yep same here so the 10 seconds works really well and they work really well with other you know combining your lifts like the integrated strength thing with steve um built working that in you know it's yep. just so easy to do your 10 seconds and on your three or four minute rest you go do your deadlifts yep and you come back and do your 10 seconds. yeah i really like them for that reason for sure um other protocols what else is out there so one of the so the lattice guys are big on the five second one arm hangs um and this is this is definitely not for you know you want to be able to to hang from one arm um yeah but and actually I'll, I'll go ahead and say this um one of my clients van turned me on to this ito portal um one arm hang protocol that all these steps leading up to being able to do advanced one arm hanging work yeah and and it's really great you know it just makes sure that your your shoulders and and everything are ready to yep. do these one arm hangs. And because, I mean, frankly, the one arm hang can be pretty dangerous if you just jump into it and, oh, yeah. you know, think that you're going to be fine. Yeah. It's, it's definitely something that should be worked into. And, and there's really no reason for anyone under the, you know, V8 level probably to, to be doing them, in my opinion. There, yeah. you know, I may not know what the reason is, so maybe there is, but yeah, I, w- I would agree. I don't think there's, you know, I think it's a, it's an upper, whatever the V grade would be, it would be upper, upper end. And it's definitely, it runs the risk of, I heard, I tweaked my pec mm-hmm. doing them last, you know, just after, just last year I was classic. I just was like, Oh, I'm going to see how much I can hang right. from one yep, arm after totally. not doing them for like two months. <laughs> yep. And I'm just like piling weight on it. I was like, Oh my God peck hurts now <laughs> so it was like two months of pain yeah and you should definitely have a hangboard 
training age built up like you should yeah. you should have spent quite a bit of time on the hangboard already before you're doing one arm yeah hangs on an edge yeah um and but there's a few like i definitely i do think there's there's some good and some bad with the one arms um the first thing is is well actually that's so one way to um advance your way up to a smaller edge for one arms is to you want to start with an edge that you can actually hang body weight from so if right. it's a big if it feels like a jug you're what you're working when you work the one arms you're working most of your cross body yeah that whole stabilizing structure has yeah. to be in place yeah so it's like you <clears throat> you know you're hanging with that one arm but as you get better at them you realize you know you do the thing where you make a fist with your other arm yep. to try to tense across your, your body. radiation yeah and yep. you start and you learn how to to really recruit your whole body to hang from this one arm, which is particularly beneficial with bouldering. Cause a lot of times, you know, you end up in some position where you're just, you might not be dangling one arm, but you have a lot of your weight on that one arm yep. and you got to somehow pull through. Totally. So I think the one arms are really good for that sort of cross body recruitment. And the way to get up to a smaller edge, like an 18 mil edge is to start on a bigger edge and work your way down instead of, what I see a lot of people doing is taking weight off right. on the on the lower edge. And yep. what that does is it it doesn't get you that cross body recruitment because you're pulling down on this mm, this rope yeah. and you're missing that. And it just doesn't seem it it didn't work for me. I didn't find like I I didn't start making gains on the one arms until I went to a slightly bigger edge that I could yep. body weight hang from. Um so I think that's that's the way to do it, but it's also it's really good for that cross body recruitment. Um and it should be incorporated into with the other hangs. The one thing that I find that's problematic with the one arms though, is again, the half cramp grip. Like if yep, it's hard to keep that, it's hard to keep it. And if you're like, I don't know if you saw the Facebook of Danny Woods, like hanging like 10 seconds with like 45 pounds weight mm -mm, and he's just locked it. in on a half cramp. Like it's yeah. just, he's just crushing it. Right. And yeah, if you're D woods, okay, you exactly. can do it. Yep. <laughs> right. But for the totally. other, you know, <clears throat> whatever six billion people out there most of us are going to lose that half crimp yep and then it becomes more of just this radiation cross-body recruitment training and you end up training that sort of drag grip which isn't going to help you when it comes time to push right. something down below your chest right so that's where i see the fault of the one arm hangs for most of us which i think i think they're really useful if combined either with outside climbing where you're actually crimping a lot and climbing on small holds or, you know, something like moonboarding where you're holding on to your force to kind of maintain that crimp. You yep. need to be doing something totally that's like hitting your half crimps and your full crimps yep. while you're doing the. Yep. The I agree. That's things. the hardest part of one arms for me is keeping the half crimp. Yeah. Like once I start to melt into an open hand, it's just, I'm just over. I don't even, there's no reason for me to keep hanging and risk, yeah. risk my shoulder and yeah. everything else, you know? And, and I like the beta for going up to a bigger hold, you know, bigger edge. And I hadn't thought about the fact that the big problem with grabbing something or, you know, taking weight off or whatever is that you do lose a lot of that tension that you have to keep to hold a one arm hang. Yeah. Yeah, and I, mean, I noticed it kind of accidentally with my last year with my training for my performing on the hangboard. Um, I was trying to hang that 18 mil edge and I had to take like 15 pounds off. 
And for weeks and weeks and weeks, I was like not making any progress at all. And then one day I noticed on the other side of the board, they've got one of the other beast makers and it has a slightly bigger edge in the middle. And I kind of pulled up and I was like, whoa, I can hang that with one arm. Why don't I just use this one? And then I started training on that one and it was like literally every workout was like adding two pounds. Hmm. And then I went back to the 18 mil and just was crushing it. Hmm. It was okay. It was cool. sort of a, an accident of a fortuitous accident sort of thing yeah and i've noticed and now that you say it that way i've i think back and there are times when i'm doing one arm hangs where just i mean not even pulling down on anything but just putting my hand against a wall yeah i can i can hang for considerably longer if i put my hand against something yeah you know just to keep me from rotating yeah and all i'm doing really is getting rid of all that tension that i had to keep to stop myself from rotating around my shoulder right yeah you know so yeah i think that's i think that's really good beta that i hadn't really thought about which way would be better to progress yeah so cool and then when doing these one arm hangs what is the should we be shooting for five seconds do you think is it should we be shooting for longer time than five seconds or more weight at five seconds? I think more weight at five seconds. And again, that's sort of one of the problems where, you know, it's rarely the case that you're only going to be on a hold for five seconds. Right. You know, most of the time you're on for, and you don't want to be really strong on a hold for five seconds. The only time I'm on a hold for five seconds is if I fall off. (laughs) (laughs) So, so yeah, like if you, you know, and you don't want to be like, okay, I'm, you know, at second six, I just fall off the wall. Right. Um, so that's kind of a negative effect of the, the five second thing. But uh, I've tried them with 10 seconds and seven seconds. And the problem, seven isn't so bad, but 10, it's just <clears throat> hell on your shoulder. Yeah. And bicep. I would, I would and think like, so, it's yeah. Just, you just start spinning around and you're just like, it's just too much on the, on the structure. Seven is okay. Um, but I would uh, five is just kind of the standard. I yep. think you know five to seven would be is what I would say. And then what about how much you're pulling up? You know, do you think it matters? Uh, you know, I see some people almost in a full lock off when they're doing these things. Yeah, so you're going to be stronger <laughs> pulling up. So when you yep. bend your arm, you start getting that cross body radiation. Yep. And you start bringing in your lats into holding onto the hold. Um, I'm just I just think wherever you can hang the most mm-hmm. weight from. You yeah, it's, you're still hanging on your fingers. You're still ultimately. hanging on your fingers, yeah. Yeah. Um, it'd be, yeah, I mean, sometimes you see people just dangling and it's like, oh, okay, but um, whatever. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, what else is out there? I mean, I know there's, we do some different things. Um, more, we do a lot of 10 second on, 10 second off, more for the sake of just fitting them into sessions better. Right. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what else is out there. And there are a few like I've seen. Steve has that one that's like three seconds, you six got the seconds, nine second ladder. Yep. Um, have you tried those at all? I have not tried those. Um, I do know a few people that have been doing them, and they seem to like them. Yeah, I haven't tried them either. Yeah. Uh, my one complaint would be with that three second one. Like, you, you're never on all over. I mean. If you're never on hold for five seconds, you're definitely never right. on one for three seconds. Sure. And I think the idea is the warm up aspect of it. Um, but I would say 
I think a better protocol would be something like, okay, seven seconds and then just increase the weight. So instead of Mm -hmm. going three, six, nine, having nine be your max, do all three of them at seven seconds or 10 seconds and increase the weight so that your third one is where you had the most weight. Right, right. Yep. I see the weight thing is tough for a lot of people. You know, I think that especially people who have hangboards at their house don't have weight to add or, you know, if they're working professionals or whatever, whose husband is like, you're not keeping weights laying around the living room just so you can hang board, you know? So I, I think that's a concern too that, yeah. that people run into. Um, I think what it comes down to, no matter what the protocol is, is if it's working for you and you're getting stronger, then great. Yeah. You know, do it until you're not getting stronger that way anymore. Yeah, and I think that's where all three of these kind of have their place in an extended training program. You know, you can do your strength building with your seven three repeaters, and then as you're getting closer to your trip, you hit the the ten second complex training, and then maybe somewhere in there you do a, a few weeks of the one arms to try mm-hmm. to get that going, and then you go back to your seven threes. So you're you're avoiding that <clears throat> plateau on the hangboard, which is kind of like, you know, it's like the campus board. Like you, you do whatever you can do in your ladders and you never get any. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. You're just stuck there. You're just stuck there forever. And you know, the same is true with the hangboard. If you just keep doing the same thing. Have you ever tested? I'm curious after doing a round of repeaters, you know, a whole cycle of repeaters, have you then tested your max hang strength to see if it changed based Um, on the repeaters? I, yes, I have. Um, and most, I've been mostly doing these repeaters just kind of recently, this past, I sort of fell into them this spring has been really my, with this assessment and kind of seeing how all that's fitting together. Yeah. They've always seemed to me like they lean a little more towards strength endurance than pure strength. So I'm, I'm just curious. And that's, yeah. So, <clears throat> so my tests haven't been, I haven't had enough time. I mean, I, af- after I do this one, I've got this sort of protocol that I'm doing with this five, three, one business. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to do my next test and we'll see if it does. Uh, cool. Yeah. So I'm not totally sure about it, but I do think when we think about the strength endurance versus the strength component, I was just, we were just chatting with Justin about this. I still think if you're in that five rep range with the seven threes, you're still really working strength because I'm starting to, kind of get away from the idea of trying to, I mean, in one sense, try to correlate hangs, the isometric contraction with a like a concentric, eccentric, type weightlifting type movement. Yep. And, but the difference between a seven second hang and a one rep max in terms of time is large. So, you know, you do a one rep bench press and you're like three to four seconds in there. Right. So then the question becomes, do we say a three second hang is a one rep max. And gotcha. Yeah. So some people would say, yes, it is. Mm -hmm. And I would say, you know what? I think that's, I think it's a totally different thing. I think we find a hang product, a hang time that correlates well with people's reps on a normal weightlifting move. And then just call that the one rep max. And that happens to be seven seconds. Yeah. You like seven seconds. Yeah. Is what the data is showing. Um, 
so going from, I think that's then, so then five reps would be like doing five reps of the bench press. So you're still in your strength zone, sure. even though it's taking whatever that is, 50 seconds to do it. Yep. Yeah. I see, I see exactly what you're saying. And I think I, I agree. I think that doing five reps at seven, three does sound like more strength to me than strength endurance. I think where my brain started to go, that's more strength endurance was these really long repeater workouts Yeah, that I've, I've seen quite a bit of, Yeah, you know, that, and those I don't view as strength workouts. Right. You know, I think they have to be done at such a sub max load, you know, somewhere below 80%. Yeah. Um, to be able to complete the workout that they can't be true strength. Right. So. Yeah. And I would agree with that. And I mean, just the, the one I'm doing now is it actually alternates. So week one, you do five reps. Week two, you do three reps. Week three, you do five, three, one. So okay. you're, so you're working your way down. Yep. And that last one rep is going to be a seven second. That'll be my test. You know, I'll be like, Oh, do I do more, et cetera. Yep. Um, so cool. that's even actually reducing it even more mm-hmm. as far as number of reps go. Yeah, cool. Do you hangboard year-round or through all of your training cycles? Do you stop during your performance phases? I stop during my performance phases, and I'm questioning that. I'm I'm wondering if if that should be the case. Uh, Hanging does kind of zap me, but I also find that I lose so much when I – when I do a round of hangs and then go climbing for a month or two and come back to my hangs, um, you know, 20, 30% weaker sure. on the hangs. And it's yep. like, well, you know, how was that affecting my climbing? Like I lost that as I was getting more used to climbing on the rock, my fingers were getting weaker. Right. And that's even mostly bouldering, right? Yeah. Mostly bouldering. Okay. I mean, I've been, <clears throat> oh, the past, past year has been mostly bouldering. Prior to that was, I did a year of sport climbing for a little while there. I've yeah. done both. So. Yeah. I mean, when I have <clears throat> sport climbers, because most of the people I started with training were in the red, and I know it's a pretty specific type of climbing there, but I definitely had people hang during the performance season, specifically the weekend warriors. You know, I would have them doing max strength hangs of some type during the week before they went out and just did long pumpy pitches all weekend. Oh yeah. And, and I think that works pretty well in that situation. Yeah. I think that works, would work really well in that situation. So that, you know, I'm thinking the non, so being out here in Salt Lake, it's like, you know, I can climb pretty much year round yep. all week long. Yep. Same in Lander now yeah. where I'm at. Yeah. So it's like, when I think of a performance cycle, like I'm climbing outside, you know, Saturday, Sunday, Wednesday, Thursday, right. Friday, Sunday. So that's where like the the hanging might get in and might start impacting the red pointing. Yep. But I'm also thinking like, you know, this past fall in uh in Little Cottonwood, I I started just hanging, I would do three sets of seven threes, just kind of like five reps, just basically a body weight when I got home from climbing at Little Cottonwood. Yep. And it it felt okay. Like it wasn't hurting my climbing and mm-hmm. it, it felt like it was kind of maintaining a little bit of that. So that might be something I might move toward. But yeah, 
generally I haven't been hanging during the season, but I think that might be kind of a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see. Yeah. Do you subscribe to pocket hangs? I do. Yeah, because I'm weak as hell in pockets. Do you do those in a half crimp as well no, or open. stay open-handed yeah. with those? Yeah. Okay. And I think so. I think that's the other thing. Like you pick your three grips and if you're hanging year round, you work on your grips until you you don't have you know, a weak one. So maybe one cycle you'll do half crimp, full crimp, pinch block. The next cycle you'll do half crimp, full crimp, middle two. Then the next cycle, you might toss in slopers or you might go front three or back three or mm-hmm. mono or whatever. Like you, you can kind of keep inserting one or two grips that you want to work on with the hangboard. And if yep. you're just kind of constantly doing it year round to keep those up. Yep. So right now, like most <clears throat> of my, the stuff I want to do this fall doesn't have, it's not a pocket in sight. So I'm like, I, I'm not going to. Yep. That's Lord. all that's in sight for the I things know. that I'm looking at. <laughs> <laughs> um, the pinch blocks, I think, are interesting. I've I've not seen much transfer from pinch blocks to actual climbing, but a lot of that, again, was looking at the red, where most everything is a horizontal edge yeah. that's fairly big that people are pulling on. Yeah. So what have you seen with the pinch blocks? And, and I'm... Pinch, pinches were probably my strongest grip right? just naturally. So I never got a ton out of pinch blocks where I did get a ton out of hanging on edges. Yeah. So, so I think, again, that you know, it points to where, you're, where your weakness is. If you're already strong on something, you're probably not going to get a lot out right, of right, exactly. that one up. Um, <clears throat> but also it depends where you're climbing. You know? So if you're like at the red or at Iris or Sinks or like, you're not doing a whole lot of pinching there. Right, right. Whereas you go to Fontainebleau and you're, you're pinching a lot, or you go mm-hmm. to some of these, you know, kind of tufa zones and you do a lot of pinching. Um, I've noticed that the pinches do like in little cottonwood, we got a lot of pinchy stuff. Um, I think the pinch blocks do help with my pinch. Yeah. And I'm naturally strong on pinches as well. Like yep. that's kind of my strong grip. Um, and if I can get those up pretty well, then, uh, I feel even stronger on the pinches. Yeah. And I, I kind of like them. And, you know, if you watch. And you've yeah. switched to doing yours hanging now instead of, or you use a lat pull down machine. I use the lat pull down machine. Instead of the pinch block deadlifts. Yeah. And a few things I've noticed. So on my new ones that I just made, I actually offset the eye bolt so that it's, a, it's not in the dead middle. And what it does, I mean, you can't see. I'm just sitting here doing this with my hand. <laughs> what, what it does, it actually cocks your wrist. It The way the weight pulls on your wrist, it forces your hand into a more climbing-specific pinch okay. position. So if you watch someone just sort of doing the deadlift with the pinches, you'll see that their thumb and index finger move up to toward their wrist right? At, as the weight gets heavier. And when you're pinching outside, you're never – in that position right your wrist is always going the other direction where your pinky's going toward your wrist on the other side and if you offset the the eye bolt a little bit toward the top where your index finger is and if you do it on a lat pull down machine or even a cable row machine you get a much more realistic actual climbing move pinch gotcha yeah cool i have to play around with that yeah it's kind of you'll you'll sort of notice it as you're you know, your hand is like, oh, this feels a little bit more like real climbing. Mm-hmm. 
Have you played around at all with the the no hang stuff? The so yeah, the the other one that I so I made I got pinch blocks and crimp all the stuff, all the toys, <laughs> all the toys. <laughs> so I made one that's just <clears throat> a uh, <clears throat> it's a two by four with two little twelve mil or whatever quarter inch three three eighths or something um, edges on the side of it. And I attach that one to the cable row Are machine. Are you doing rows? With and I do rows with crimp on each pull side. Pull with the crimp, yeah. yeah. Well, I pull it into crimp. I don't bother with the row. So I pull, okay. just do the fingers. I just pull it into a crimp. So like those finger it. curls that you It's see like Daniel a finger do. curl. Exactly, yeah. That so it's like the finger like curl. Gonna explode my fingers. Yeah, yeah which you don't want to do at body weight. But right. if you're on the cable row machine or the lat pull down, you put it at whatever 50, 60 pounds. And you can do a nice controlled, you're not like dynoing right into the crimp you do a really nice controlled finger curl <clears throat> and for those i've been doing like super high reps you know like trying to do like i do two minutes on one minute off one minute on one minute off one minute on one minute off right just to now you're going to go to the red and every hold you grab you're going to pull it into a full cramp for <laughs> exactly. entire routes yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's the plan <laughs> yeah that's a good idea i hadn't thought of doing those finger curls that way yeah and it feels really climbing that like it feels like i'm actually pulling into a crimp on a root right and it's you can just adjust the weight to whatever you know from 10 pounds to yeah. whatever they go yeah. to have you used any just for heavy hangs so i i have not personally but i've talked to some people who were doing that and it turns out that it's actually really bad for your shoulders Hmm. the way the positioning is. So he was doing heavy, like 10 second hangs, but with the deadlift, um, just pulling it off the ground. And he said he got this really bad bicep tendonitis thing going hmm. and he went and saw a PT friend of his and the guy was like, oh yeah, it's because of the way, there's something about the way we're designed to hold on to a hold. <laughs> um, it's totally not what you're doing when you're doing a deadlift with this little pinch right grip thing right in between like your shoulders are kind of compressing in yeah and it's putting all this undue stress on the top of your bicep somehow yeah was and he doing it with something similar to what you were talking about yeah he was so doing he's basically the exact, he's got both hands on it oh, okay um so it's like a pinch block with two edges on the sides and then he was just dead i forget exactly i think he had a bum he had some injury that he, he couldn't hang yeah so he's like oh i'm gonna do the dead that makes thing. sense if you have your your that would be your arms what is it pronated externally rotated i guess well they'd be internally you'd be like that right so you've got them slightly externally rotated and together yeah, and so your together. shoulders That's are kind of yeah. in the front it's yeah. going to be hard to pull your shoulders back in that position right yeah and i think if you go heavy that's putting a lot of undue stress on the bicep whereas what yeah. i'm doing is pretty light Right, sure. You know, so it's so my bi like I'm not getting <clears throat> pumped at all on my back and my biceps. It's all just forearms. Yeah. yeah, I haven't played with any of the like the gripple or any of those things yeah. yet. Um I did just recently when I injured my hand at the skate park and I had been training my monos leading up to that, but I couldn't hang with my right hand on a mono anymore and I just happened to be down in Boulder and I interviewed Will Anglin and, and Ben Spanith yeah. for from Tension. And Will had just a single mono that I could I could use to just I just attach a kettlebell to it. And yeah. I kept training my left hand because that's the one I'm most concerned about anyway, <laughs> because the 
the route I want to do has a ring finger mono for my left Ooh. hand. Yeah. So so I was able to use that, and I really like it. I yeah. hadn't I hadn't played around with any of these these little toys like that, but but yeah. so far I really like it. And Nate is doing something interesting where he's just doing isometric holds on like he takes the the flashboard the tension flashboard that portable hangboard yep yeah and he basically takes a tie down strap and those last couple inches of his deadlift are where it resists him and he just uh. he just does an isometric hold in a in a deadlift for those last couple inches just on a regular sized huh. portable hangboard yeah and he's just playing around with them, but so right. far he likes them. So oh, interesting. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I did the. I I saw this thing that the tension guys have, and I just made one at one point. Yeah, for the monos, and I was using them for <clears throat> one thing. I played around with a little bit was super long duration hangs, like three minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tried first. I tried doing it from a hangboard, and it was ju- it just destroyed my shoulders. Um, just hanging there for hanging three there minutes. for three minutes yeah so then but. i switched to these little then i was like oh pinch blocks could work well for that but then i also since i'm weak on pockets i was like oh i'll just do the one just do one finger yep and you're just standing in a pretty comfortable position and i don't know if it really worked at all it was painful yeah <laughs> and i you know i think i might like it a little better than taking weight off on a hangboard yeah you know like if you if you want to work on your monos, but you can't hang on a mono, if you can't hang body weight, how the hell do you train those without taking weight off? Exactly. Yeah. You know, I think, I think that's a good way, but I haven't played with crimps, the little like crimp edges that you hang weight off of and just yeah. hold in one hand. I haven't played with those. So. Yeah. And I think even with the mono things that the guy, the tension guys have, like if you attach that to a lap pull down machine yep, or even totally. what I, I just in my garage, I have like a, a pulley, and you just set the pulley up over the rafter and yep. you put weight on the other side. And, yep. and then you're kind of doing like an actual mm-hmm. climbing move with your mono yep. and you can put whatever weight on it. Yeah. Cool. Any other tricks and hangboard things that we haven't talked about? I mean, I'm sure there's a million, sure there's a million tricks million and toys there. <laughs> out there. How do you feel about the portable hangboards that you warm up with at the crag? I like them. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, I think they're really... It's, it's, yeah, I think they're great. I mean, you can save your skin. A lot of times I find with boulder, like to get the fingers actually warmed up, I have to either try something hard, which is going to zap my skin. Yep. Or, well, yeah, or just, you know, the, and those, those porta boards are really good for that. And sometimes, you know, I mean, it depends. Like you were just in Waco, you got a ton of stuff to do. Mm-hmm. Right. Whereas, you know, some of these places, you know, a place like South Africa, their stuff is kind of spread out. And you'll go to a place where there's only just that one boulder, and the next boulder yep. is, you know, a 15 minute walk away. In areas like that, they're really help, really useful. Yep. The final season I spent in the red, I was trying to just clean up the bouldery stuff I hadn't done. And it was super helpful for me there because I could, you know, I was going to need to full crimp. I was going to need to try hard right at the bottom of a route. And I couldn't warm up on the 512s next to it because they're all giant holds yeah you know so i could get my body warm but my fingers weren't even close right so being able to hang on that flashboard before i got on and get to the point where i felt comfortable pulling into a full crimp then i was ready to go yeah 
Yeah, I think that's, you know, I noticed that just with the hangboard, like my first set is never very good. Even my second set is is not that good. It's my third. So it takes me like three yep. sets to yep. hit it. So if you're on a route and you waste that first go and then the second go and if, okay, yeah, third go, your fingers are finally warmed up, but the rest of you is yep. destroyed. Totally. All right, one last question. Maybe I might think of something else. But there's there are these big battles all the time and i don't i don't watch the reddit sub the subreddit training for climbing thing but nate does okay and so i hear all the feedback of what's going on there <laughs> and there are all these battles about which is better the seven second hang or the 10 second hang or the five second hang or whatever and i know you like seven seconds well, I, I've also, I'm, I think I'm on Reddit saying 10 seconds. So. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> How much difference do you think there really is between the five versus seven versus 10 or whatever? I, I don't think it's so much the time. I think it's the, the, the protocol. So and like the, the total five time second, under tension. Yeah. So the five second, I think is a good one arm protocol. Yep. The 10 second, I think is a really good recruitment protocol where you're rec- recruitment plus that complex because we're we tend to that it's that last couple of seconds where your body is just starting to fire all that those extra fibers but i also think it leads to a plateau and i think the seven three repeater is a good protocol because it allows you to use grips that are more climbing specific and it allows you to work in a weight that's you get a couple of sets in that are sub-maximal, so you're working in that strength zone. Yeah. So that would be my All right. political answer to none of them. There you have it, Reddit. <laughs> from the from the lips of Steve Mache. So man, I appreciate it again yeah. sitting down. Let's let's do this again in the future. Yeah. Um, sure. Like we could sit here and talk all damn night probably. Yeah. So yeah. I appreciate it, man. Thanks. All right, yeah. So, you know, is there one best way? No, there definitely is not one best way. It depends on your situation, your needs, your goals, your training age, so many things. And, um, you know, do we need to be training finger strength year round? Sure. Does that mean we need to be hangboarding year round? Not necessarily. Uh, you can, you can gain a lot of finger strength through bouldering, um, especially if you're not up in the upper V levels. Um, if you're a, you know, if you're a V4 climber, you've got a lot of finger strength you can still get through just some focus bouldering. So don't get trapped into that I need to be hangboarding all the damn time um, theory. It's just not true. Um, you know, if you have limited time, hangboarding's a great option. Um, but a lot of us have tons of time. So uh, there, there are better ways. So, I'm going to get back to uh, Horseshoe Canyon Ranch over here, get ready to start destroying my voice this weekend at 24 Hours of Horseshoe Hell. Um, please go check out betafund.org slash reboltHCR. And if you have the means to give some money to Rebolt the Canyon, please do that. The Beta Fund is matching donations up to $8,000, I believe. Um, also, if you're coming to Rocktoberfest and you've not re- not yet registered, you can do so. You get a little bit of money off. That'll be super helpful for all of us poor climbers out there. Um, rrgcc.org slash register. Go do that now. I'll see you there. Come and find me. I'm the guy on the mic. 
And uh, October 14th, if you're still going to be in the red, live board meeting at Land of the Arches. Um, evening time, probably a little bit after dark, we'll be getting started. So just come by when you're finished up climbing. Hope to see all of you guys out there. More podcasts coming soon, just as soon as my voice recovers. Um, don't forget to go check us out on the interwebs, powercompanyclimbing.com. We've got new journals out. We've got our Applied Body Tension ebook out. Tons of cool things coming down the pipeline right now as soon as I... We just bought a house, so as soon as I get my gym built in there and and get things going, you guys are going to get inundated with Power Company shit. It's going to be everywhere. Um, So find us, powercompanyclimbing.com, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest. For God's sakes, I still don't know what goes on at Pinterest. And uh, no Twitters. You guys know that. We don't tweet. We scream like eagles. This time, 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 this Yeah.